Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi everyone, it's Fee here. We have a really great episode for you this week on sectional times. Little disclaimer, we have a bit of an audio glitch just at the start of the episode, just for like the first minute to two minutes. It's a little bit uh, crackly, a little bit hard to listen to, but please just persevere or fast forward through that bit and then you will enjoy our usual high quality audio for the rest of the episode. Hope you enjoy this one. Field is ready. They're racing in the Oaks. Welcome back to Ladies Who Punt. It's Fee and Grace here with another episode for you. A very exciting episode, one that's been of high demand uh, from you, our listeners. This week we are talking about sectional data. It's going to be very heavy info, so strap yourselves in. But before we get into that, Grace, let's talk about our race day meetup at Caulfield last Saturday. Wasn't it a great day, Fee? Like, we were out in full force at Caulfield. It was drizzling for most of the afternoon, but it did not dampen our spirits. Um, Thank you so much to all the people who came along. We had lots of different activities that we got around um, to doing throughout the afternoon. We went down and had a chat with Tatum Bull in the outside the jockey's room and then she came out and won the last race on the cards that was extra exciting um no it was a great day lots of people were very inquisitive when it came to our ladies who punt caps so good to see that the merchandise is working a treat as well definitely and it's just so great to meet our listeners in person because you know every week it's just me and you and we pretend we're talking to a group of people in the room with us but we never are it's very lonely so it was great to meet everyone in person and get their feedback on the podcast and and how they think we're going and I think we've got a pretty good report card yeah absolutely and also we will be doing another one again soon so if you did miss out on Saturday um, at Caulfield don't worry because we'll have another one which we'll be announcing in the coming weeks okay so today's episode is sectional data so many people have requested this topic Mm -hmm. and it is a topic that you have been very keen to do grace because this is like you know your your total vibe when it comes to Mm -hmm. to form analysis yes it is so sectional data and in particular sectional times is what I mainly focus on when I'm doing my form as I've already discussed and we talked about speed maps in an earlier episode it always starts with the speed map Um, But then for me, it really comes down to actually looking at every horse and um, taking a look at the sectional times that they've run in the past and was there there extra merit to a race or was a horse flattered by the race shape on an occasion making me either like it or dislike it in the upcoming race that I'm looking at. So sectional times are huge for me. A lot of form analysts will look carefully at sectional times for every race meeting. Um, But, you know, someone like Jane Ival, one of our special guests in a previous episode, she wouldn't ever really look at sectional times at all because her 
thing is in the mounting yard and actually looking at the horse on an individual basis. So this is just another cog in the wheel that is form analysis. And, and But I think one of the key things is, Fee, and why so many people have requested to learn a little bit more about this topic is that it comes down to that assumed knowledge again in racing TV shows or racing broadcasts on Channel 7 or Sky Racing and Racing.com where they're always talking about the sectional times or they're talking about standard time or they're saying this horse came home in the fastest last 200 of the meeting in X seconds and it gets a bit confusing. So we're going to try and make sense of all of that in today's episode. It's a big task but we're up for it. We are and we're going to start really big picture. So let's start with what are sectional times, Grace? So sectional times are what is reflected in a race on the clock. So what time do they run at any section of the race, which we'll get to shortly. Now, when it comes down to how fast a horse can run, um, I think one of the key places to start is to know that one second on the clock is roughly six to seven horse lengths. So Obviously, um, a different calibre of of horse will be running faster. So group one horses might be going seven lengths per second and maybe maiden horses will be going five or six lengths per second. But that's roughly the guide. One second is six or seven lengths and you just work it out based on the class of the horse. So what that tells us is if we've got two races run, let's say over 1,200 metres, and one race is one second faster than the other, then you can start to visualise that the horse that won that faster race was about six or seven lengths ahead of the horse that won the second race, given that that difference in time was one second. So that's sort of the starting point. One second is around six to seven horse lengths. I think something we learned from our race review episode that was really important as well is that you can only compare races of the same distance on the same track of the same day. Mm. Like you couldn't compare a 1,200 metre race run at Flemington versus a 1,200 metre race run at Randwick on the same day. Yep. So you have to keep it very specific to the meeting and to the distance. Yep, absolutely. And the reason for that is that obviously track conditions can change um, and also other variables like wind can play a huge part in the times that horses are running. So when we are comparing sectional times and taking a look at what's happened for each horse, you it's really important to do it against other races or other performances on the same day. It's also important to note that sectional times are just one part of sectional data. So um, another part of sectional data, which we're not going to go into here, um, predominantly because I don't use it as much as I do just the raw seconds on the clock, uh, is things like a horse's top speed through any given time of the race. So there are other elements which all make up sectional data, but we're just going to focus mainly on the times. So Grace, who is recording all of the sectional data like how do we collate all this information to then assess later on so there are professional clockers fee who will clock every race they're extremely experienced they've been doing it for years and years and years and they're doing every race every day so they're really good at what they do and essentially it is frame by frame clocking of furlongs um, based on the the vision that they've got to work with, whether it's on racing.com or sky racing, they'll watch a race replay and clock it 
based on the frames of when they're hitting those furlong, which is 200 meter markers in the race. So people like Vince Accardi is a very good professional clocker. He has got his own company called Daily Sectionals. I personally use um, another sectional platform called Punting Form, where they independently clock all of their own races. Also, you'll be able to see um, that there are times reflected on the racing.com broadcast um, from time to time, and we'll get to that shortly. That's actually clocked, that live data is actually clocked through little monitors, little tracking devices in the saddle cloths run by a company called Triple S Data. Um, So there are lots of different ways in which we can get this information, but I think what's important to note is that it is really reliable if you're using one of these, um, you know, well-renowned resources you know that that you, you know and you can trust that the information they're providing is reliable so now let's look at how the overall race time so the time it takes to run the entire race how does that compare to the data we get from parts of the race or from the 200 meter splits yeah so this is um where we get into some of that jargon because you can hear lots of people talking about splits and you can hear people talking about sectionals and sections so let's just start with the overall race time so that's a pretty obvious one it is a time clocked for the whole race um so you can use this to quickly compare races over the same distances on the day, like that previous example we used about the two 1200 meter races. Look at the overall time. It'll give you a good guide about how one race has gone compared to another uh, based on that overall time. It gets a little bit more complicated when we start talking about sectionals versus splits. So let me explain. Sectionals or sections are essentially chunks of the race. So when we're looking at a section, you might be talking about the last 600. You might be talking about the last 200. You might be talking about the last 1,000. So it really is a chunk of the race and it generally is like the last part of the race that we're capturing that data for. So last 600 metres would be a sectional that you take a look at for every race. Now, as opposed to that, splits are the little slices within the whole race. So you might be looking at a split between the 1,000 to the 800 metre mark. You might be looking at a split between the 600 metres to the 400 metre mark. Or you can be also looking at the 200 metres to home, which is essentially the same as the last 200 metre sectional. They'll be the same time. So I hope that explains the difference between sections and splits. One's a chunk and one sort of a slice, if that makes sense. And the splits are based on that really common distance in racing, which is 200 metres, which is the furlong. So yes. always a furlong. See, I just completely ignored that bit as well. It is 200 metres. Everything comes down to a furlong. I mean, you can isolate maybe the 800 to the 400 metres, which would give you a 400 metre time. You can certainly isolate that as well. But generally, Um, the clocker is clocking every 200 meter mark every furlong that is the starting point so grace now that we understand overall race times sectionals and splits how do we read these numbers to get the most out of a race so that is the question fee that's where it all comes down to so Okay, firstly, I just want to talk about one thing, and it's a really useful tool that you might have seen a million times but never really understood what it was trying to tell you. And let's talk specifically about racing.com. On any city track, so we're looking, let's say, 
the valley this Saturday, which is where we're racing. If you take a look at any of the races that are run, in the top left-hand corner, you will see that the splits of the race are coming up live. So as they hit the 200 meter, the furlong markers, there will be a new split saying how fast they're going. That's that data that's in the little tracking device in the saddle cloth. And what's even better is that alongside just the raw random numbers is either a red color or a green color. And what this is telling us is that the red is slower and that the green is faster faster than what I hear you ask. Uh, It's all about standard time. What's standard time, Grace? So let me explain. Standard time is the average of all races run over that distance on that ground in that class. So it is a really good tool to use to get a guide on what the average time horses of that caliber on that heavy track or good track or whatever it is normally run. That's the marker to then compare against. Um, And as I said, red means slower, green means faster. So if you see a few red splits live early on in the race, you can get a really good feel for the race that this is slower than standard time in the first part of the race. If you then see some green splits when they're coming up the straight, you're like, okay, this makes sense. It was slow early and they've really ripped home in the straight because they all had lots of energy. So I think that's a really good starting point when you're watching the racing.com coverage, look out for the red and the green. Now you'll get a better understanding of what that's trying to tell you because it is actually quite valuable. That is a huge tip. I've never noticed that before. And now I'm going to be looking out for that. I always sort of was looking at the times trying to figure out what they were telling me, but that's a huge advantage to be able to just judge a race as it's been run yep it really is um but what it won't tell you is individual performances it just gives you the race leader Mm -hmm. and when the race leader hits the next marker so it's still important to understand the numbers and not just the colors and we're going to get to the numbers shortly because that will actually be able when you use the numbers and the, of the sectional times, you'll be able to start identifying certain horses that you want to flag um, for future races. So that's the numbers we get during the run, Grace. What about the numbers we get after the race? Yeah, and this is when it becomes more insightful because it actually is individualized. You get the numbers for every single horse and you can access this data in a number of different places. Um, where I use it, as I've already said, is a website called Punting Form, already mentioned Vince Accardi's daily sectionals. But what we're going to discuss here is that you can also get it for free on the racing.com website. Um, You can get access to every Saturday, every city race meeting, and you get every race and every runner and every sectional and split that these horses have run. So it's actually a huge advantage. Um, I don't feel like a lot of people haven't paid much attention to that at all but hopefully you'll all be able to follow along and really get familiar with it for future use. So we've got all this information Grace that's available to us but why do we bother looking at it? So firstly it allows us to understand how a race was run using the actual times and get a really good feel for the race shape and therefore we can actually determine you know who was favoured or who was disadvantaged in that race. You can go back to the race shape episode, which we discussed earlier, um, 
And we discussed there that slow run races aren't good for back markers, but are great for front runners. So when we actually go back and take a look at the numbers, we can use the numbers and the sectional times to essentially like mark up or mark down the performance of certain horses in the race. So slow run race, we might be marking up the performance of the back markers, front runners that don't do much on a slow tempo, we probably mark them down. So you actually can use this knowledge to really benefit your selection for a horse at their next start. It also allows us to compare races and importantly, individual performances of horses on the day. And as we've already mentioned, you have to be comparing on the day fee. Like you can't take two cox plate sectional times and compare them because you know they might have been run on completely different track conditions. So it has to be on the same day. But when you are comparing horses against each other and races against each other on the same day, you can actually start to get a sense of what was a really good performance on the day and what was not a good performance on the day. So a horse might have won and it was a slow race shape and they were out the back. So you're like, wow, this horse has sprouted wings, great win. But the overall time might be really slow. And so you can compare that because it was the slowest of three 1200 meter races on the day. That, while everything looks great about it, might just make you a little bit wary of that race and of that winner going forward. So essentially, why we use sectional times is to drill down even further into the merit of each race and of each horse's performance to help us with our judgment with these horses at their next starts. So... It's a bit like our race review episode where we we just watched replays Mm -hmm. and talked about how replays can tell us. And what this sounds like to me is by looking at the sectional data, we can see whether this race that we've got in front of us is going to be good for our form going forward. Mm -hmm. Like we can say, yep there's some good horses here because this was a very competitive race. Yep. Or we say this race was really uncompetitive. It looked like a great performance, but I'm not going to take much notice of the horses in this race. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's just giving you that extra um, confidence in believing what you're seeing. Like, you know, it's one thing to see it, but as we've already mentioned in other episodes, there is literally no sport that isn't 100% reliant on the times that are run. Like, you know, watch the 100-meter sprint and go, gee, he looked so good. Like, it's all about what time did he run and how does it measure up against every other person, you know, competing in that class. So that's essentially what we're trying to achieve here. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Just to give us a bit of a framework to work off, you have put together some numbers as to what 
a bit like the standard time, but what would be standard for different sectionals and different splits? Can you take us through those? So what I've put together here is 100% not fact. Like this is just my framework to start making sense for you guys of these numbers. These are not the actual standard times. Like they're not the actual averages. It's just me trying to um, make it easier for you guys to understand the numbers because there's a lot of numbers now you have to remember as we've already discussed that one second is roughly six to seven lengths so let's start by discussing sectionals and we might add that this is on a cheat sheet on our social medias because you're about to hear a lot of numbers but go back to the socials and refer to it and have it you know in hard copy there where you can look back at it if you need to so let's take a look at sectionals Let's say for the sake of this example, we're on a good track. Last 600 meters on a good track, 34 seconds, 34 and a half seconds for a lesser class of horse. So that is their last 600 meters in those times. Last 400 meters on a good track, 23 seconds or 23 and a half seconds. Last 200 meters on a good track, 12 seconds or 12 and a half seconds. So you can have a last... 1200 last thousand last 800 as well but obviously that's a significant chunk of the race um, and they really do fluctuate those sections because it depends a lot on the early tempo so there's no point really in me putting a base number down i feel the most important sections for you guys to look at will be um, the last six four and two which is what i have just given you and what about those splits grace so it's also important to note fee that for a horse to have run to his maximum effort, the last 200 metres should be slower than his split between the 400 and the 200 because that means that he's just getting puffed that last little bit. So like he's really let down in the straight, he's given his all um, and he's just starting to tire that last 200 meters so you expect that to be a little bit slower. That is the maximum efficiency of a racehorse. Um, if they're running a scintillating last 200 meters you know that they've probably a little bit left in the tank so does that mean that like a horse that is having their last 200 as their best time is probably going to go out further next trip or potentially are in a lesser class than what they could be well it probably means um and you'd have to go back and check because it can change that's the thing like it but it would pro- it could probably mean that it was a slow tempo mm-hmm. and so the horse is just you know, for half the race, we're basically just in a jog and then they've all sprinted home. Um, Whereas on a more even tempo or even a fast tempo, horses will naturally become more tired more quickly. Yeah. Uh, But it can absolutely change. And, you know, if it is off a fast tempo and their last 200 metres is the best part of their race, step up in trips straight away, like big tick to that scenario. So you just have to check what was happening earlier on in the race and we'll get to that that sort of an example shortly but now let's actually get into the splits and again going back to the framework that I've put together just to make it easier for you guys to start making sense of the numbers Um, and again it's not actual standard time let's take a look at the thousand to eight hundred meter split on a good track might be 12 seconds or 12 and a half seconds similarly for the 800 to the 600 meter split on a good track 12 or 12 and a half seconds then we see generally that horses start to increase tempo 600 to 400 meters on a good track you might see an 11 and a half second split 
uh, from the 400 to the 200 meters on a good track again another really fast split let's say 11 and a half seconds and then the 200 meter to home split which is the same as a last 200 section um, let's say you've got a 12 second or 12 and a half second split there so that is they're the numbers guys that's it that's what you're going to work off when you're now taking a look at any sectional timing. What is super important to note here is that this is on a good track. So if we are talking about on a soft track or a heavy track, these numbers are just going to be ballooned. Like you're going to be seeing horses running 13 seconds, 14 seconds, even on a heavy track. It's on a good track, these numbers. So if you see soft or heavy track, make sure you take note of that and the fact that the numbers will be bigger. And also, Fee, that this is just super generic because um, obviously group one sprinters will run faster than benchmark 58 sprinters and 1,000 metre horses will run faster than 2,400 metre horses. So you've got to factor that in as well. Yeah, but what I'm taking away from the framework you've given us is that breaking 12 seconds over a furlong is, you know, a quite good speed. That's, That's a fast speed. Yep. Okay, so you've just talked about the good horses, the Group 1 sprinters, the Group 1 2,400-metre horses. How fast can these horses actually go, Grace? Well, I've got some examples for you uh, because it's actually really cool. Well, I think it's cool anyway. And I absolutely loved delving back firstly into the world of Winx. God, I miss her. Um, Winx, let's talk about her. She was the best recent middle distance horse as an example. And the first thing we're going to talk about was that famous Turnbull Stakes back in 2018 where Hugh Bowman was sort of buried away back on the fence and they went a really slow early tempo and she had nowhere to go in the straight. She was pocketed, boxed in, everyone was riding to get her beaten, not letting her out. And so she had to let down with some really quick late splits to be able to win, which she did, of course, because she was the best ever. (laughs) Um, So let's take a look at what she did over 2,000 metres. Her last 600 was in 32.36. Her last 400 was in 21.62. And her last 200 was in 10.98. Wow. And that's a middle distance horse. 2,000 metres. So to break 11 seconds, that last 200. Yeah. And I think it's a great chance as well to talk about these horses and and their racing styles because they're such great examples like Winx was always a back marker she always flew home and so yeah that race was uh, a little bit nerve-wracking with her horses all around her was she going to get out was Mm -hmm. she going to get home but of course she did and she did and the thing is when I actually watched that replay back you know Hugh was actually never never asked her to be under pressure. Like it was still a really soft win for her because she honestly could have gone in any group one 1200 meter race and won. Like she just had that within her. So uh, one more example with Winx was back in 2017. So um, a year prior to that Turnbull Stakes win was when she was second up on a good three track at Randwick on a very fast tempo. So totally different race shape. Again, she was out the back. They tried to beat her in this race because the leader was just off and gone. Like they said, catch me if you can, Winks, do your best. And this was an example I wanted to pick out because she actually had to be asked for an effort, which is rare. Like normally it was so soft. She had lots left in her tank. But here, Hugh Bowman at the 600 said, we got to get to work because we're not going to pick up these leaders. So off a very fast tempo note, we would expect slower closing splits here, but it's Winks, so they're not really there. Listen to these splits from the 1200 from Winks. 
1168, 1120, 1112, 1108, 1104, 1148. So her last 1200 meters, every split was sub 12, which is what we call it. She broke 12 seconds every time, um, which is huge. Like that's scintillatingly fast. And that's why she was a champion. It Mm -hmm. didn't matter the race shape. It didn't matter the conditions. She just won. Yep. Yep. She just had all of the tricks. You know, she could do anything. And that's, yeah, she could win on a fast tempo. She could win on a slow tempo. She was just so great. Now, one horse that was a little bit different, and our next example is Chautauqua. He didn't win all the time. But when he got the right race shape and in big races when he was set for it, like the TJ Smith Stakes, which he won a number of times, um, he could really unleash some monstrous splits. And the example we're going to use for a thousand meter group one lightning stakes victory on a good track. So that's down the Flemington Strait over a thousand meters. He's closing sectionals. His last 600 meters in 3203. His last 400 meters in 2168 and his last 200 meters in 1138. And his splits, all bar the last 200, were sub 11. So they oh were 10 5, 10 3, 5, and 10 3. And just remind me, Grace, quickly of his racing pattern. You said he needed a, a specific mm. racing shape. What was his racing style? Uh, as stone cold last as you could possibly be. <laughs> and then Chautauqua infamously refused to leave the barriers, yes. um, which forced his retirement. So he was a really quirky horse, mm. much loved. But yeah, in his races, he'd always be way out the back and would just be steaming home. Like he was the most exciting horse to watch race because he knew where the line was, um, but he'd only win by a narrow margin because of how much ground he had to make up. And Faye, we have to mention just one more horse, Black Caviar. Now she was racing sort of at a time before sectional data records were published Mm. and really um, easy to access. So I can't tell you much about her from my end, but what I can tell you is that her fastest 200-meter split ever was 9.98 seconds. It was between the 600 and the 400-meter mark in the Lightning Stakes in 2012, and she was the first horse to break 10 seconds for a furlong in an official thoroughbred race in Australia. So, yeah, she broke 10 seconds during that race, 9.98 seconds. And she probably could have done it many more times. But the thing is, she literally never got asked for an effort. You know, she always had so much left in the tank. Her her victories were so easy that the jockey just sat on her, basically. So, yeah, she was a proper sprinting freak, Black Caviar. Well, it's so nice to reminisce down memory lane on those fantastic horses and to remind us all just how talented they were mm-hmm. and what a really fast horse looks like. Yeah. But now let's look at how we can apply all of this information you've given us on sectionals and splits so far. Okay, so let's use the framework and all that we've learned so far with our first example. Let's say, Fee, if a race on a good track produces a last 400-meter section that is slower than average... Well, that's something to note, but we can work out why and what it means. So the way we do this is we take a look at the early speed. We actually look at the early splits and that might give us a guide to see that these early splits were actually very fast, like when you're comparing to our framework. So the horses have gone a really fast early tempo and used up lots of energy in that first part of the race. So it makes sense that the horse would be getting tired in their last 400 meters, hence producing a last 400 meter section. But maybe those early splits aren't fast at all. They are 
also average or even slow compared to the framework. So there's no real reason for that slow last 100 meter section. And what that means is that it doesn't really fill you with a lot of confidence that these horses would win next start. So that's not a race where you would be putting many of the runners in your black book. Exactly, exactly. It's it's a race where if there's no real excuse for that slow last 400 metres because the early splits were also slow, sort of just an indication that the race, you know, wasn't a particularly good one. You know, the calibre of horse might not have been up to scratch in terms of then following those horses to win at their next start. So that's one example of how we can look at it. Let's take a look at another example. Let's say a race on a good track produces a last 400 meter section that is very fast um, when we're taking a look at the framework. Again, let's take a look at that early speed. And if it was very, very slow early splits, then you know that it's a sit and sprint race shape. All of these horses have got so much energy left for a 600 meter or 400 meter dash home because they've just done no work. Like they've gone so slowly through the first part of the race. This race shape generally favors on pace horses. So if you see a horse flash home on this race shape from last, let's say, or even just finishing midfield, these horses can actually be producing some of the fastest closing sections and splits of the entire meeting sometimes, but they're completely hidden Mm. because you just never know that from last finishing midfield that they have actually run such fast time. But it's because of the early speed being so slow that the whole field just runs home super fast together that you can't visualize who's going well and who's not. So that's a really important thing to note. However, if conversely you take a look at those early splits and they are also very fast versus the average, so they've gone faster than the average for the early part of the race and faster for the late part of the race, then you're getting extremely excited because this is the sign of a very good class of horse. Like if they are producing better than average splits and sections for the whole race against the average, then they're going very, very well and they're progressive and you can follow the horses out of this race or you can follow a horse into another race. They're the ones that we do want to put in our black books. Well, I think it's time to start applying some of this knowledge, Grace. Mm-hmm. Where, how do we do it? So what we'll need is firstly a laptop or a computer or an iPad because we will need access to the racing.com website. And if you're using an iPad, make sure you're on the web browser. So what we want to do, we're going to look back at last Saturday for two examples, which was at Caulfield, which we were there for, Ladies Who Punt first race day experience. Mm. You're going to go to the website and going to go to race day results and find Caulfield the 23rd of July. You're going to go to view results. You're going to find the sectionals tab. Click on that. And then you can see um, on the right-hand side that it's got overview, sectionals, and splits. So we're going to be focusing on the sectionals and the splits buttons and the information that both of those provide. So when you go to those two buttons, you will see each horse presented for the race with all of their sectional times and splits. And underneath the time is the position in running of that horse at that point of the race. So you can also sort horses by their times for whatever section split you want um, with the fastest coming up first by the drop down tab in the top left hand corner of the page, which is also quite useful once you get the hang of using it. The green boxes that you see are representing the fastest of all the horses for that section or that split. So that's the crux of the product that we're using here. So now let's apply it. Let's take a look at race nine, everybody. 
But this was the 1,400-metre race, which was won by Tatum Bull um, on Here to Shock, and both Tatum and the horse got a huge round of applause and cheer from the Ladies Who Punt crew at the Mountain Yard on Saturday. So before we go into the sectional times of that race, it does pay to go back and actually watch the race Mm -hmm. so you can understand which horses we're talking about and where they were within the run. Yeah, exactly. So make sure you watch the replay um, before we get into this next step. So we were on a soft seven at this stage. It was the last race of the day. So we can expect the times that were run in this race to be slower than the framework that we've discussed and listed earlier on in the episode. So comparing to that framework, Here to Shock's last 600 metres is slower, as we'd expect on a soft track. But to be honest, his last 400 metres and his last 200 metre sections are really not that far off the mark. And in fact, his last 200 metres is actually faster than the framework above. So what this is telling us is that his last 400 and his last 200 metres were very quick, fast, late closing splits. But we need to work out what it actually means um, in terms of the race shape to actually work out the full big picture here. So let's now look at the early splits to see what happened in the early stages of the race. So go and click on splits rather than sections. Um, And you will see that the 1,000 to the 800 metre split and the 800 to the 600 metre split are slower than the framework that we've discussed earlier. And the 600 to the 400 metre split is much slower, like a lot slower. So yes, of course, we expect it to be slower because we're on a soft track. But that 600 to the 400 metre split is like alarmingly slower. So what that's telling us is that this race really slowed down into the bend here at Caulfield. Like it was a slow tempo and then they really slowed it down again. So the last 400 and the last 200 meter sections of this race were actually really fast, but you can understand it because they had plenty of energy. They'd all sort of bunched up. They're all getting their mid-race breather in the middle stages of this race and had plenty left in the tank for that finishing burst. So what does that mean, Grace? So it means that we can see that he's really finished off his race strongly off a slow tempo and that the strength of his last four and 200 metre sections of the race mean that we can take confidence that if this horse goes to a similar race or even up in distance, he can perform really well again. It also means, Fee, that we can be forgiving of many of the runners in the race who got too far back. So those back markers on a slow tempo that visually you just never spot. For example, I've got one, Mayfair Spirit. So this horse was way back in the race, um, you know, on the race shape, made it very hard for this horse to win, but he's actually flashed home to finish third. And if you take a look and compare the splits and the sections of both Mayfair Spirit and the winner here to shock, there's really not that much difference between them. So Mayfair Spirit's run was as good as here to shock, but it was the position in running, the fact that Mayfair Spirit was so far back that he just couldn't make up the ground to actually win the race. So that's a horse that we can absolutely put in our black book that the merit of the performance was much better than it looks on paper when you delve into the sectional times. We can also form an opinion that those front runners that sat on speed on that slow tempo they probably had every possible chance to win um, given you know how little they did in the early stages so I'd probably hold that against them in their next start look unless there was another excuse um, which I'm not 
aware of at the moment, they are the horses that I would probably be marking down. Whereas the, the back markers like Mayfair Spirit, I'm going to mark up. Well, let's look at the second example, Grace, and you want us to have a look at race six, a 1,200-metre race won by Big Apple from the shoot start at Caulfield. Yeah, so this is a 1,200-metre race in a totally different race shape when we look at the sectional times, which is why it's a good example. So let's look at that sectionals button, click on that. Let's take a look comparing to the framework that the last 600, last 400, and last 200 of this race are slower than the good track framework that we've discussed but probably about right for a soft track like they're not super super slow um, like we saw in the previous example so they're probably bang on our expectations the last six four and two of the race but now let's look at the early splits to really get a guide on the big picture we go back to the splits button and here we can see that the leader who was jigsaw and we know that it's the leader because we can see the position in running uh, underneath the times on this page. He went a 10.4 second split between the 1,000 and the 800 metres. Now, this isn't uncommon for 1,200 metre races, but it's certainly a very fast split that early in the race on a soft track. The 800 to the 600 metre split was also very fast. So this tells us that they actually went out a very fast tempo too. And then they've come home, bang on average, basically. So what does that tell us? It tells us that this was a good race. They've, come, they've gone out fast and they've come home on average. It's a race we can follow with confidence going forward. Now, another little tool that we can use here, there were five 1,200-meter races run at Caulfield on Saturday. So we've got four other examples that we can compare this race to. When we take a look at the overall time for each of the five 1,200-meter races on the day, we'll see that this particular race, race six, was actually the third fastest of all of them, but was only 0.3 seconds slower than the Group 3 Bletchingley stakes on the day. And so considering this was an open three-year-old race and the other Group 3 was for stakes horses, um, it's only two and a bit lengths off them. So it's actually a really good overall time that the three-year-olds have run in this race. So what do we do with that information, Grace? Well, we have that confidence now that we can black book some of these horses and just know that this will be a good form race going forward, which means, you know, potentially this race could produce lots of winners or lots of horses that go on to finish second and third and be highly competitive in their next starts. So when we see a race shape like this and an overall time that's comparable favorably to a, a stakes race on the day we can safely assume that it will be a good form race going forward if each of the horses hold that level well after those two examples grace i have learned so much following through with you on the racing.com website mm-hmm. I can't believe that all of this information is available to us all the time. It is. It's just understanding what it's trying to tell you. You know, you need to have somebody walk you through it to be able to really get what it's trying to deliver um, because it does deliver a lot once you get into it. Uh, It's important to note as well to everybody, though, that what the examples that I've given you and the framework that I've given you and also our discussions on the different race shapes, like they are all just examples. You know, there are always exceptions to the rule, which you will see time and time again. Um, But it's just a start. And once you make a start, then you start noticing those things and you can start factoring in for different variables as they come as well. So this is the start starting point for everyone. Go forth and let us know if you have any questions of which you probably have many. 
We do actually have one listener question which we'll finish off with. It's not to do with sectionals on race day. It's actually to do with splits in track work. We've had Kristen message in, what does doing evens mean? A trainer said they'd have him doing evens soon. So Kristen's obviously an owner and received some communications from her trainer about her horse's track work. Mm -hmm. And the trainer has said that the horse will be doing evens. And that's a type of work. Mm -hmm. So evens means different things at different stables but generally it would mean about 15 seconds to the furlong so the horse will be working over a certain distance at 15 seconds to the furlong and that's sort of you know an introductory gallop yeah it's like three-quarter pace essentially like we've just discussed that horses might be doing a 13 second section early on in their race so then if you consider going 15 seconds out on the track in the track work you're probably about 14 lengths that is difference in furlongs from the race to the track work and going back to our episode on training with natalie young this is probably the first sort of fast work a horse would do after their four weeks of Mm pre-training exactly and evens is generally 15 seconds or 16 seconds to the furlong every trainer's got their own little variation as you said but it's generally 15 seconds or 16 seconds once you start getting quicker than that you start getting into um you know proper gallop territory where you're really working home in preparation for a race thanks so much Kristen for that question we hope we've answered it for you well Grace this has been a super info heavy episode we always worry about these ones but the reviews we get is that these are everyone's favorite episodes I'm pretty sure people (laughs) would have to put on pause about eight times to be like hang on wait what was just said but it is important information so I please, hopefully you've followed along and have enjoyed it. And as I said, if you do have any questions, definitely send them through because we're not finished with this topic. Like if you still want us to discuss more, we'll happily do so. This coming Monday is the 1st of August, which is the tick over not only of the racing season into a new season, but it's the start of the breeding season where all of this begins, where we breed our horses that eventually end up on the racetrack so we're going to be talking to a special guest who works on the breeding side of the industry and I'm really excited to bring this one to our listeners. Yeah it'll be really good to hear something totally different like we've been so race day and um, form analysis heavy that now we're just going to step back from the 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 training and the racing and actually go back a step and go to the breeding of our racehorses in the first place. Horses birthday, August 1, super exciting. All the two-year-olds turn three and so on and so forth. So make sure you say happy birthday to your favourite horse.